0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? Happy Monday. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. Hope you had a good weekend and you're ready to attack the week. We continue to roll along in the offseason as football uh, approaches quickly. Hopefully, it approaches quickly. Um, we're getting towards you know the start of June, so we're getting closer, folks. And we're going to talk about com- a commitment for the 2023 class in this opening segment. And then in segment two, we'll hit on uh, TCU baseball. They needed a lot of help this weekend, and they got help from multiple sources. So we'll discuss that, and the Horned Frogs coming away with a Big 12 title. But first, TCU has been on a roll recently in the 2023 class. Um, brought home Cordell Russell last week, four-star wide receiver, who was originally committed to SMU then to TCU, then decommitted, and back to TCU. And right now he is kind of the leader of this class. Also Trevor Goodsby from Melissa, Texas. And then on, uh, I believe it was Saturday or Friday night, a big-time commitment in the literal and figurative sense of the word, but Brion Ramsey-Brooks from South Oak Cliff. And if you followed Texas high school football this year, South Oak Cliff – was one of the great stories in the state. Um, They won a state title at the 5A level. Kyron Chambers, who was originally committed to Arizona, he flipped to TCU once the new staff came on board. He's a corner. And it was really cool that Oak Cliff was able to get the state title. It was the first time an inner city school had won a state title in Texas in a long time at the 5A level. And they were just, you know, a, a great story. They were in the spotlight a lot. Um, so, Ramsey Brooks is an offensive lineman on that team, and last year, I mean, he wasn't only a big-time contributor, he was first-team All-State, so this is a big interior offensive lineman, and when I say big, he measures in at 6'4", 380 pounds, so yeah, this is a big guy, and you look at his offer list, Arizona, Alcorn State, Alabama AM, and m um, Grambling, Houston, Kansas, Oregon, Toledo. So not a lot of blue blood yet. Now I'm interested to see what his senior year looks like because he was a big contributor on a team that won a state title. Obviously at that size, you're going to command a lot of attention. So if you can put together another impressive season, does that offer list increase? So that's one one aspect of this the thesis is going to have to hold on to him. I mean, that's really the case for anybody who commits at this point to the 2023 class. But I think uh Brian Ramsey Brooks would be a player that could see some more interest spark about him as the season goes on. Um another angle to this that I find intriguing. Typically, you just look at him and, you know, I haven't watched a lot of film on him yet. But you look at him I mean, I think he's gonna obviously have to come in and cut some weight. 380, coming in at 380 is pretty rare, right? You know, they'll have to see where his conditioning is. That's where Koscazati comes in. He's gonna have to evaluate, probably get him, you know, on a nutrition plan, give him the weight room. All that's gonna happen. I'm not really worried about that aspect of it. I wonder if he ends up, and I don't I don't have any insight on this. I'm just thinking out loud. Could he possibly end up on the defensive side of the ball? Now, right now, he's an interior offensive lineman. And, I mean, he definitely looks like somebody who could be a big physical guard um, that plays on the interior. But with this new three-three-five setup, one thing we've talked about over the last few weeks and months is that you're going to need a different body type at that nose tackle position in the middle. And they didn't really have that guy on the roster. And so they went out and they got Dominic Williams. And they got Doug Blue Eli. Um, And they, you know, acquired some other players along the way who fit that mold more. Um, But I don't know. At that size, I'm just intrigued by some possibilities there on the defensive side of the ball. Now, if he stays, whether he stays on offense or defense, you know, I think the big question for Ramsey Brooks is, what's his movement like? Because that is why... Guys like Jordan Davis, uh, Vita Veya, Larry Allen. All these players are so rare. Now, okay, listen to me. I was not comparing him to those players. I'm not saying that's who he is. I'm just talking about from a size standpoint. What makes those guys so rare is that they're not just space eaters, but the great athletes. They can move. And so... You know, on the offensive side of the ball, you can't just go straight around them. On the defensive side of the ball, you can't just hope to have quick plays right over the top of them because they're fast, they're athletic, they can go. So, you know, what's his movement like? How fluid is he? Is he able to drop into a pass set and take on some of these DTs? Now, that's that's not as huge of a deal. If you're playing on the interior, because it's not like he's a tackle where he's going to have to face outside linebackers at edge guys. But still, I mean, we know these defensive tackles, defensive linemen are getting quicker. There's more stunts. There's more slants at the next level. He's going to have to handle those things. Um, but overall, this is a fun pickup. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what his potential is. Um, Frogs now come at 35th overall in the 2023 rankings, and we'll see who they add next, um, hopefully in the coming days and coming weeks. When we come back, we'll talk about it. TCU baseball, Big 12 champs. We'll discuss that next on Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, segment two here on Locked on Horned Frogs. Uh, so going into the weekend, I was wrong. Um, I thought that TCU baseball, at best, would end up sharing a Big 12 title. You know, I said a few weeks ago when they dropped two out of three to to Oklahoma that I thought that was squandering their chance to win a Big 12 title. Well, not only did they get one, they didn't just get a share. They got an outright title. They are alone by themselves at number one. So on Thursday night, TCU played Santa Clara, by the way. They swept the Broncos. We'll get to that in a minute. On Thursday night, OU defeats Texas Tech which clinched a share of the Big 12 title for TCU. And Oklahoma State looked to be cruising against Baylor. They're up 11-3. Baylor scored eight runs in the seventh inning to tie that game up and then won on a walk-off 13-11. That dropped Oklahoma State out of the Big 12 title race. Um, Oklahoma beat Texas Tech again on Friday night to take the series, and that dropped Tech out of the Big 12 title race. And OU was playing so well the first couple days of that series that – I started to think, man, TCU might end up as the two seed in the Big 12 tournament because I hadn't even really considered OU winning the conference. But if they were able to sweep the Red Raiders in the road, they could have done it. And thankfully for TCU, Tech rallied back on Saturday, won that ball game, and TCU is your outright chance. So this is significant for a couple of reasons. One, um, TCU had been out of the hosting. As far as tournament projections go, TCU have been out of the hosting range for a while. Hosting regional. According to D1 Baseball, they're now back. And Kendall Rogers said this over the weekend. He was like, listen, TCU's RPI is shaky. It's not great. It's in the 30s. But he has a hard time seeing the committee looking at an outright Big 12 champion and saying, no, this team's not going to host. Um and I think that's I hope that's right. I think that's right. Like I, I feel like the big if you win the Big Twelve, you should host, even if your RPI is not, you know, consistent with who they usually give those positions to. Big twelve tournament this week. They play Baylor on Wednesday afternoon at 1230. Now, I think it's still important that they win a couple games here at the Big Twelve Tournament. I don't think you have to go win the whole thing like they did last year. But, you know, don't go two and Q. Don't just play two games, get bounced early. Have a little bit of a run at Globe field. Take care of business against Baylor. Hopefully win a game against Texas and Oklahoma State or the other two teams that are on their side of the bracket. And if you do that, I'm going to feel pretty good going into Memorial Day that TCU's going to be hosting a regional. As far as what happened on the field this weekend, uh, TCU swept Santa Clara. Not a lot to say about the series. It took care of business. Now, I think the starting rotation has been figured out. How confident are you in them? I mean, that's really up to you. But it appears Cam Brown, Marcela Perez, Riley Cornelio, that's your top three. I don't know what order they end up going in. Riley right now is your third starter. Not because of ability, but just because of the scheduling. Um. We'll see if that gets flipped around starting this week or in the regional. But Cam Brown has been good as of late. Struggled a little bit against Clair. you know, had a tough inning. But honestly, his stuff has been electric. He's been pitching well. Um, And Marcelo and Riley have been consistent pretty much all year. Marcelo's been consistent since he got in the rotation. Riley's been consistent all year long. So I feel pretty good about those three guys. And you still have Brett Walker – who could come in and start if he had to? One thing that's becoming clear to me, I don't think Austin Crow's gonna be a starter. I don't know what his role is gonna be. Maybe multiple innings in relief. But you know, he didn't even pitch against Santa Clara. Not that he needed to. There not a lot, there weren't a lot of high-leverage situations. But I just can't see him getting a start. Um, and I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what they want to do with him in the postseason. Riley looked good on Saturday, was effective. He pitched out a few jams. Um, he really looked like he was overwhelming that lineup. So that's two solid starts in a row, albeit against pretty lackluster competition still. It's step forward for him. Uh, Marcelo Perez looked good. So I think you have guys that are capable of getting it done. Now, The lineup seems to be coming together nicely. Porter Brown is hitting the cover off the ball right now. And I do feel pretty vindicated about that. I've been saying all year long, I really think he needs to be in the lineup. He's still not in the lineup every day, but he's hitting really well in that nine hole. Um, Tommy Sacco and Braden Taylor continue to mash. David Bishop is struggling, and they dropped him down to the six hole on Saturday. Want to see what they do with him in the Big 12 tournament. Curtis Byrne and him sort of flipped, at least temporarily, to see if maybe they would get him going. So that's something to monitor as, you know, the weeks progress and go on. But Kirk Sarloose, it was a bumpy year for this team. Overall, though, he wins a Big 12 title in year one. And That's significant. And when they had to play their best baseball, they did, against Tack and Oklahoma State. Hopefully that's something they can do again in the postseason. And another thing they did well, they didn't get swept. That sounds like a small thing, but... They were able to salvage at least a game in every series this year. Um, And that's significant. So close the season winning seven in a row. Getting ready for Big 12 tournament play. We'll have coverage. We'll have it monitored. This has been Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team.